The Super Bowl is here, and you need to take advantage of our massive historical success. Warren is 25 and 10 lifetime in the Super Bowl with its 71% winning percentage. And our package comes with our 25 plus page in depth Super Bowl PDF report, which covers sides, totals, player props, team props, specialty props, and much more. Now's the time to get on board and use coupon code 25MVP for $25 off the package. That's 25MVP for $25 off our Super Bowl package at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here, as always, by Rich Rebar. Rich, we've made it. It is Super Bowl week. We have we have done all the content. Um, actually, we have not done all the content. Content still to come, but uh, here we go. We've made it. Uh, Bengals, Bengals, Rams. How are we doing? Yeah, game number two eighty five on the season. Uh, I've written them all up, so uh, finally, finally done there. But yeah, man, uh, we did make it. It's a Super Bowl. It's a fun Super Bowl too. I think. I don't know how many people you know in Kansas City or Buffalo or San Francisco think that, but uh, you know, it, it is a fun matchup. Uh, you know, with the Bengals, I think the Bengals have turned into a really kind of fun team to root for because they're they're young. Joe Burrow's kind of coming into like. Uh, his ascending into his like stardom and then you've got the the Rams being the second team in a row now to host the Super Bowl in their home stadium after we went what 55 Super Bowls in a row and now we're gonna get two in a row for a team that can win at home uh you got the Stafford trade I mean it's it's a fun fun matchup I think yeah yeah I, I think so I mean I think the, the way the playoffs worked out and usually, you know, when you have the, the best teams still playing at, at that time, like we wouldn't have gotten a bad Super Bowl. And maybe this is the, of the possibilities. This might have been, you know, the least exciting, maybe, but still, it, there's still a lot of the fun things to look at in this game. And, and we'll do that um, coming into this podcast because, like, we've, I think we've been pretty positive on both of these teams throughout the season. Um, which is nice. Like we have definitely talked about the Rams quite a bit. Um, I've been uh, guilty about bringing them up like, all the time, especially like even during their lull during uh, like the, the middle of the season. And then like, we've been high on the, some of the things that uh, the Bengals have done. So it's going to be real interesting as these teams just kind of, and then they're, they're the last two teams left. Like we, we wouldn't have thought about that, but, uh, but here we are. It's crazy that, that we're here already. Yeah, and, th- and this isn't a scenario where the, the Bengals are underdogs, and I think we'll talk about – we're going to definitely get in the weeds on some of the matchups of why it is, but the Bengals are also one of those teams that don't feel like uh, like a, a supreme dog, right? Like that's, you know, in consensus. Like they don't feel like one of those teams that can't win. Uh, they are battle-tested. You know, they, they've they only lost the two playoff teams this season. Both came in overtime. They've been uh, a tremendous bet against the spread as underdogs this season. They're 8-3. and three covering the spread as underdogs, uh, which is interesting too, and you apply it to the Super Bowl, is the last 12 Super Bowls where a team has been getting more than a field goal and less than a touchdown, those teams are 9-3 and three against the spread, and they've outright won the, the past five uh, Super Bowls. So uh, this, is a, this is a scenario where the Bengals don't feel like it's like an us-against-the-world type of underdog. Like we have had maybe the last couple of years, and maybe like last year we were maybe a little bit more overplaying the the Buccaneers maybe on that angle because uh, the Chiefs just felt like such a death star. Now we've seen them kind of really the last couple of years lose some of these big games, and they're kind of a testament of like, hey, none of this stuff's guaranteed, uh, especially the last couple of years. So the Bengals also has 
though they're trending up and they're, it feels like they're playing house money in their head of schedule. You also don't know when you're going to be back here. Uh, so also, so like it, it, the Bengals are a team that I definitely feel like they're still very, very live and not just one of those teams that just seem like, Oh, we're happy to be here. Right. And I mean, that's kind of how we had the Bengals going into the AFC championship game. Yes. Where we, <laughs> where we were just like, Hey, uh, get on you guys for being in here. Uh, you, and for 30 minutes a, of that had, game, had a great season. It, it looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, basically up until the failed uh, Tyreek Hill pass uh, at the end of the first half, um, like that was all, that was all Chiefs. Um, so it, so as we go into this, because it's, so we just think like we we have been high like on the Bengals outside of the AFC Championship game. I did pick them to win every game uh, in the playoffs. I don't know, like there were some people who like weren't even doing that, like going back to the Raiders game. Um, but they, they do have a lot of you know, good things that they have been doing, um, especially on the offense side of the ball. We'll, we'll talk about some of the things they've done on the defense side of the ball. But I think just when you're like kind of sitting back, the, it just feels like the Rams are so much better. So it's going to take like, oh, we've talked about a lot of those like adjustments and, and things that the Bengals have done uh, over the past couple of games. And like, I, I really think they're, they're really going to need that on both sides of the ball um, when they, they go into this. And like, we can, we can start on, on maybe let's, let's start on defense because I think that is the really interesting thing because that's really where the AFC championship game swung when they started, you know, going into, and I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard it so many times now, like I wrote about it that night, how they went into, you know, rushing three, dropping eight uh, and that, and they were kind of like sitting back, you know, hoping Patrick Mahomes would get a little impatient and force something. And, you know, that, that kind of, you know, did work out and you have enough guys um, in that secondary we talked about Jesse Bates a whole lot. I just wrote about Jesse Bates and how he kind of opens up a lot of things on the back end for, for that defense allows them to play in cover one, cover three. We have so many teams right now, like the modern NFL, these modern defenses are going into too high because that allows you to stop the deep pass. Cause you have two deep safeties. But when you have someone like Jesse Bates, who's like one of the few real like post safeties left, in the NFL, a guy who does have that sideline to sideline range, it opens up a lot of things. And then when you have Von Bell who can move around, and I think that that has helped them quite a bit. And there were some struggles throughout the regular season, but in the playoffs, like those guys have been so good. Like Jesse Bates has made like two big plays in every game so far. And I think they're really going to need that. And I, I don't think they're going to do the, you know, the drop eight a mm-hmm. lot just because that, yeah, that's so hard to pull off. And I, I don't think, you know, Stafford's going to, and I think there's like numbers going around where Stafford has like negative EPA, um, like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league against uh, rushing three uh, this season, but it's been like 43 dropbacks or something. It's Mm -hmm. not even like, I I went back and and watched some of them. Like they're not in like, like real like game scenarios. It's, it's not something that has really been like an effective strategy that defenses have used against uh, the Rams is just like kind of something that happens in the, in the course of a game every every couple games. So like I, I don't think like that's going to be a big thing. But when you look at like what the Bengals like really need to do, like they just need like a lot of 
guys to singularly step up. And I think, and there's been pieces in the the defense right now that have been like, the sum has been so much greater than the parts, I think at some points. And I think those parts like really need to step up in this game. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Bengals, I mean, for them to just roll over the second half approach uh, here, it it can't happen for a couple of reasons. Uh, The number one reason is they'll just run the ball. Like the chiefs stopped running the football, right? Like the, like the chiefs actually were one of the times through they were, we were watching at home. It's like, Hey, why don't you run the ball here? And the chiefs came out of it. And the, you know, that the same thing, your quarterback uh, ties into that. You, we've seen like the, the reinvention of like the too high shell, right. And it's become like common knowledge and commonplace. Uh, but you know, you, 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 it depends on what kind of quarterback you have still too. Like, you know, you have to have teams kind of uh, like that be willing to, to not care if you run the football, right? Like teams don't care if the chiefs run the football, they're not going to come out of, of playing that uh, too high look. Uh, and the chiefs kind of get themselves in trouble by acquiescing. They did that in the second half against the Bengals. Uh, they they should have run the ball more. The Rams aren't going to do that, right? Like Sean McVay, is, if you give, if you line up and give the Rams light boxes, they're going to run the football on you. Uh, and you know, they're going to come out in 11 personnel because obviously both these coaches uh, you know, they're, they're from the same tree. They're the number one and number two teams in 11 personnel usage. And if the Bengals want to come out and play light boxes, like they did against the chiefs, the Rams are just going to run the football. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the biggest thing, right? Um, it, it, you know, Stafford, it, it is interesting when you look at his splits and he's still really good. Like when he's not blitzed, because both these quarterbacks, you don't want to blitz either of them. They've been just so electric when you uh, right. send heat at them. Uh, you know, but if that's how you get Stafford to make some of his mistakes, right? Cause he has pushed the football. You've talked about it on this podcast a number of times, like the mistakes he does make are when he pushes the ball downfield. It's not in the intermediate game where he's been electric. It's when he pushes the ball downfield tends not to, you know, be as patient as he should. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have to force them into those situations, like those long down distance races. If the, if the Bengals want to rush three and drop back and play coverage, they're going to have to pick their spots. Like you said, they're, it's not going to be an overlap game plan in the second half. Even when you look at like some of the Rams splits, uh, against those coverages, because the Rams are a team that will just bread and butter do what the Bengals do too. They're run, they're run the football, even if they're not running it well. We've seen that the past month when they face teams like the 49ers and the Bucks uh, in the NFC championship game. They averaged 2.2 yards per carry on first downs and didn't care. Like they just didn't care. They still came out and ran it on first downs and let Stafford bail them out long down the distance. We saw the same thing with the Chiefs and uh, are against the Chiefs with the Bengals with Joe Mixon in that game and the AFC title game. We had talked about, oh, they're they're finally turning the corner. They're getting more aggressive on these early downs in the AFC title game. It was nope. It was just Mixon, Mixon, Mixon every first down. Uh, and both those teams did that. And both those quarterbacks bailed them out of long down and distant situations repeatedly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you'll see the Rams run the football a lot, I think, here if the Bengals want to drop back and just play coverage. Yeah, and I think that's that's the line that probably both offenses are going to tell here. But especially like when you look at what the Rams are doing, like, yeah, they'll they'll run the football. But again, like it, they, we have this thing like with the Cam Akers, uh, amazing that he's back. But like, since he's been back, has not been particularly good, right? And I think that's been a little bit to the the detriment of the offense with how heavily they have relied uh, on Acres. Um, but yeah, if they are going to have like some of these like three man fronts, they they will try to run the ball. The offensive line for the Rams like should be relatively healthy um, compared to what it's been for some of the playoffs. So I think they're they're ready to go about that. And like when it's second and third and long, like they're not 
scared to put Stafford uh, in a position where he can, you know, uh, drop back um, and throw. So, it, it, yeah, I, I don't see, I, I really don't see Cincinnati going into into the drop eight uh, very often because it's uh, one. It's also going to be really hard against what the Rams want, are going to be doing uh, in the passing game. Right. Like when, when you're using like some of that drop eight against like Kansas city, you can do that because there's, you know, you can, you know, a double Tyree kill. You can probably have, you know, two guys on, on Travis Kelsey. And as good as the Kansas city passing game is like the one thing we have continually talked about there is there's no, like, there's no third option. Right. So you really don't have to worry about anybody else but for the rams when they're spread out especially in some of the three by one sets that they've been using now where odell beckham is the isolated guy on the backside, and then you have cooper cup uh either sitting at like the the inside or, or the middle and the two or the three there um the inside and you have depending on whether tyler higby is going to be healthy you have when you have that tight end lined up on the outside then you're like the defense kind of has to declare what they're going to be doing. Right. And that makes the Rams so difficult to defend because you have that tight end on, on the outside. And even if it's uh, Blanton or even if it's like Skoranek, um, if you put him out there, like you kind of have to declare what you're going to do. And that so many times sets up a mismatch for, for Cooper cup on the inside. And, and it doesn't really matter if you have like one of those safeties uh, coming down in the middle of the field, because like, it's still Cooper Cup and, and Cooper Cup on a safety, whether it's, you know, Von Bell or Jesse Bates, who are still good players, like that's still a mismatch for the Rams. And I think there's just, they have so many other places like they can go, uh, which makes, I, I think, trying to rely on some of those coverages and not getting pressure on Stafford. Uh, if you are only rushing three, like that presents like a really big problem for what the, that defense might want to do there. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, they, they don't run deep though either on like terms of like the ancillary guys being contributors, like the Chiefs, you know, who had Tyreek and Kelsey. It's really a lot of Cooper Cup, and you, you might get a couple of deep shots to Van Jefferson. Yeah, I like actually like Van Jefferson a lot of his, uh, a lot of his player props this week just because of how he's involved and where I think he's going to get targets uh, in this game. Just think that there's a, they're kind of mispriced uh, the lines, but even Odell, as good as he's been the last two weeks, I mean, we have a ton of a, a large sample of Rams games with Odell where like he's he hasn't really done a lot though, too. Uh, I don't think we can just take the two games and say we're going to roll that over and say like it's a lock too for him to do stuff too. So, I mean, it, it this is another team though, their, their passing game runs largely through one player still too. So, I mean, if the Bengals can kind of come up with some kind of plan and no one, no one's really done it all year. Uh, you right, know yeah. I mean? easier, easier said than done. The, the passing game has run through Cooper cup all year. And, but still kind of, like I said, the way they, the way they align him and set them up and they, they set up that like he's against like slot corners at best. Right. So you have Mike Hilton and you're kind of like, you, so you don't want to blitz Stafford. Right. So you're kind of taking away, one of Mike Hilton's best qualities, right. As a slot corner, he's one of the best like blitzing defensive backs in the league. So you're probably not going to use that a lot. So you're probably having him on an Island and not really an Island. It's worse than an Island because you have you know, the, the two way go from Cooper cup in the slot. Right. So like, that's even worse than being on an Island and, and having the outside, uh, the sideline would be you know, a defender for you. So I think that's going to be a bit I do, like they don't have anyone who can like run with Cooper cup. So you have to have, you know, probably one of those safeties, um, you know, shading over wherever the cup is. And that does leave like some other options. And for, uh, 
whatever Odo Beckham has done like throughout some of the season so far, like in the playoffs, he has been like really good and they have gone to him. Like when there is man coverage, like that's when they've really gone to Odell Beckham because that's when he's been able to like get open. And that's, um, you know, usually when they are like doubling a cup in some way, usually when defenses are going heavier into man on, on those third downs, like that's where Beckham has thrived and he's been so much better in the playoffs. They've been more willing to get him involved um, in the playoffs. So I think like that, that's just kind of, uh, I just really think that the Rams just kind of set up, like, even though they don't use the depth like that much, they do when they need to. Right. So it's, um, it's not like it's it's completely worthless and they don't just have guys, you know, like running, you know, the vertical routes down the field. Like if they need to go there and the cup is covered, then they can go there and the guys are, are good enough to take advantage of that. And I think it's just it spreads out like Cincinnati's defense, I think, a, a little more than than what they've been uh, tested uh, over the past, you know, wherever we've seen them in the playoffs so far. So I just, I really kind of think that's an advantage there, especially when the, the Rams want to go empty. Right. And, and I wrote about this, how different, like we, like the Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, like they come from like technically the, the same tree. Right. And these are the two offenses that want to run empty the most They're first and second in empty but like nothing about what they do in empty is, is the same, right? The Rams are, are setting up to run everything deep down the field. Um, and that's where they've all been. So like, if you can even spread them out there in empty and the Rams are going to try to, or the Bengals are going to try to drop eight against that, like that's, that, there, there's just so many weak points still, even if you have all of those guys dropping back. Um, now I just, I, just, the Rams just, I feel like have so much of an advantage on that side of the ball still. I mean, the Rams do definitely. I mean, it's one of those things like, and if they play clean, you know, the Rams have been kind of really tough to beat all year when they don't turn the ball over. Uh, it's in Stafford's only thrown one interception in the playoffs and, you know, it was a tip pass. He probably should have had one. So it kind of negates it, uh, you know, with the, with the Jaquaski tart arm punt. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Bengals are, they know what they're going to see. They're going to see a lot of similar things to what they've seen in like the three games they've played the 49ers and they've had struggles in those games. Right. Like you, you go to the three 49ers games and the Rams have really struggled to kind of score points in those games. The Bengals are a team that are going to rely on, you know, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard getting home. Uh, they're going to play a ton of zone coverage, even if it's not drop eight, they're going to, that's what, this is what they do. They, they don't blitz. They play a lot of coverage um, and they probably have a lot be- a lot better back end play than a team like the 49ers has, you know, in terms of DBs. So, I mean, it is an interesting matchup. I don't think they're as dead in the water, uh, but if the Rams play clean, they've just been a tough offensive stop all year. That's why they're here. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, in the NFC championship game, you know, a lot of their mistakes were self-induced, you know, you have the turnover in the red zone. Uh, you have the, the consistent, you know, putting Stafford in second and third and longs, uh, the not going for it, uh, the wasted timeouts. Uh, th- there's just a lot of, it's very interesting. Cause I heard the mention if McVay wins this, it'll, it'll be a second Super Bowl in five years. And if he wins it, like, where does that kind of put him, uh, like the coach rankings and, you know, we did our coach rankings in the preseason. We were a lot higher than Warren was. And Warren was went on some shows and talked about McVay's a little overrated. And then you, it's so hard to get away from that. You know, when you have stuff like the NFC championship game, where it's like, they, they win that game almost in spite of, of Sean McVay. And that's why you get a guy like Stafford. Uh, it, it's not because he can kind of overcome and pull you out of some of the, the mistakes that McVay made. I mean, 
McVay put an absolute, like one of the worst, like coaching clinics on I've ever seen in, in an FC championship game. And, you know, Shanahan almost outdid him a little bit, but you're out of timeouts with eight minutes to go in the game. You have two of the worst challenges, uh, arguably ever. Uh, if you go to, uh, Michael Lopez put an article about on this during the season, you know, it, it's yeah. at stats by Lopez, you know, on Twitter, uh, you can find this article. It's at operations NFL.com. No, no quarterback since oh, over the past four years has wasted more timeouts than Sean McVay in the NFL 2.9 per game of wasted timeouts, which are basically uh, a call like an unnecessary offensive timeout. is like when you're trying to avoid a delay a game or like, you know, get out of a play call, same thing defensively, like substitution wise or lost challenges. And right. you have this kind of like factor in this game of like, you can only get away with that for so long. And like, we've seen it, seen it kind of be a problem in the Super Bowl two years ago. It almost was a problem in the NFC title game. So there is ways for like the Rams, as good as they've been, they the way that the way they do lose these, some of these games is they, they have these self-inflicted mistakes, whether it be turnovers or, or, or just mismanagement of the games. And that still exists uh, in this game. Yeah. And I think like that's one of the things, like if we're talking like the head coach rankings, it's like, how do you, really separate and wait like what McVeigh does on the offensive side of the ball, which like this offense has been great. Mm-hmm. He took whatever he wanted to do, like completely changed around like so much of it uh, for Matthew Stafford now. And like, that's been huge, um, you know, realizing whatever he wanted to do, what just was not going to be good enough with Jared Goff. He was able to just restructure the offense into like having some of sim- the similar concepts, but they're running so much more straight dropback. They're what, you know, like we said, running more vertical from empty. Like they're not as reliant on, on play action because they just don't need to be. Um, but then you get into game management and he just, I, I, I don't know. Like what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing. And like we've we've talked about this, like just in, in the fourth downs, which is you know such a small part of it, but like it's it's the part we can see. We know there's like a win probability that is just left on the table here for for guys like McVeigh and Shanahan, and they like for the guys who are so good at creating just space and like two of the best short yardage play designers, like in the league. Uh, and they like refuse to go for it on, on these fourth downs. Um, but the thing uh, that I'll come up to with McVeigh and the game management struggles that he has, like, I'm not confident he's going to get out coached by Zach Taylor. The same guy. I mean, come, <laughs> just, come, he's just, like mini McVeigh. Because uh, now every coach is coached under Sean McVay now, and we're going to get another one after the Super Bowl. And right, and, and, but I, I'm, <laughs> and, and I'm not, but just like, and I'm not sure like Zach Taylor comes with the same like offensive schematic, uh, oh, like advantage well, that, that McVay does, right? So like, <laughs> yeah, so I like we can get into the the Zach Taylor um, the conversation here as we like go into what. Cincinnati could do on offense. Like I'm, I'm still not sure Zach Taylor is good, right? Like I, it, it keeps coming back to with Cincinnati. Like they are so, as we, um, you know, kind of talked about the defense. How so far it's been like the the sum has been greater, or the the whole has been greater than the sum of its parts. And like it's the complete opposite of on offense, right? This is completely star driven and like their best guys have just carried them despite 
whatever the Bengals are trying to do. Like it's been Jamar Chase that having like ridiculous yards after the catch sometimes on plays where he probably shouldn't, right? It's been Joe Burrow bailing them out um, in like second and third longs in obvious passing situations. Um, and it like it, that's, that's going to be a tough ask for the Bengals here, I think. And that's where I'm like starting to, to come around with like what they're going to be doing on offense. Like they need all of their stars to just play out of their mind and continually bail them out. Uh, and against the Rams defense, I think that that's, that's a really tough ask for these guys. Well, I mean, it all starts with, you know, if how the Bengals want to approach this game, like they're not going to be able to run the football. Like there's just no way. Uh, a lot of people have talked about the, 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 the trenches mismatch from like a pass rush stance for the Rams and having advantage. But to me, it's like the, the run game, right? Like, you know, cause we've seen this with the Bengals. They try to establish Mixon no matter what uh, he's, he's really struggled to run the football. I mean, he, he, he his 88 yards in the AFC championship game in 4.2 yards per carry, those were, were high marks since week 11, you know, in terms of like efficiency and total yardage. Uh, this this Rams team, and we saw it again in the NFC championship game, like they're just an extremely tough unit to run the football on. I mean, they're third in yards uh, allowed before contact. Uh, the Bengals are bottom, bottom five offense in that category. Uh, to me, that's like the biggest thing. So like they're going to have to be a, a lot more aggressive. And I don't know, like you said, I, are, are we putting faith in Zach Taylor doing that? Like uh, in him ter- in terms of coming out aggressive, because you're not going to just line up and, and hand the ball off to Joe Mixon every first down. You're just not going to do it in this game. You're not facing the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how he approaches it. I, I am not going to give him any credit in terms of being able to unlock that. Uh, but I know that they're going to struggle to run the football in this game. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the, the yeah. Rams, they've allowed 200 yard rushers this season. Uh, you know, they were only Elijah Mitchell is the only back to have more than 80 yards in a rush, a game against them rushing since week four. Uh, this is a game where like, it's going to be put on like Joe Burrow and those playmakers, uh, in the receiving game. And to be fair, they do it. it we'll, we'll get into the, the Jalen Ramsey stuff, but if they do have an advantage, I mean, look at the size of all these Bengals pass catchers versus the DBs mm-hmm. there. I mean, you've got Ramsey who is a, is a physical corner, but I mean, Darius Williams, David Long, like these are small guys. And you've got all guys, even Tyler Boyd is a big slot receiver. Uh, and that's like where they have an advantage is like they've got they've got big, nasty receivers versus a lot of smaller DBs. Although the Rams have been a really good, you know, on the back end this season. That's like the one advantage the Bengals have here. And so Zach Taylor really is going to have to put the ball in Burrow's hands here um, as much as, you know, I know they're scared of the pass rush. Yeah. And like how they do that, I think it is going to but really probably swing how close they can keep it. Right. And like, well, uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on running the ball because it just feels like every first down run is going to be, um, it's a waste. Um, I think, and it's going to, you know, put you in second and long, put you in third and long. And that opens up the pass rush for, uh, the Rams. And that's, if you're the Bengals, that's what you're petrified of. Right. So that's where that, uh, that advantage, you know, continually creeps out. So I know they're probably going to want to run the ball because, they want to slow down the pass rush, but the, I think the, the way you do that is to actually like throw the ball and get the yeah. ball out quickly. And I know they, they do want to do that. And that's like kind of the main reason they go into empty, but I don't think they, they should not live in empty in, in this game. Um, that's just, that's not going to work out for them. And, and it really like hasn't worked out for them much. Um, this season, like when I, I wrote about this for the site and I, 
uh, talked about it, how they use empty. Like Joe Burrow has negative EPA from empty this season. Um, and he has one of the highest uh, EPAs when they have six men in protection. So I think they should kind of live in that too. Like I know like Burrow is more comfortable and he like would like five guys out um, in a route, but I, I think keeping Mixon in, keeping a tight end in, like that's where you're going to get that extra protection. You still have Burrow being able to process. You're not losing, um, like if Mixon stays in protection, you're not losing a guy who's been having, you know, great success, you know, throwing the ball and, and you're not going to be beating the Rams by checking it down either. Like use Tyler Boyd for that in, in the middle of the field. Like that's why you have him. Um, and when you go back to like what, um, what they did in the AFC championship game, like those, those adjustments they made uh, in the second half, the Burrow for the entire game only spent 7% of his snaps in, in empty. So like, that's how they tried to counter the chiefs, uh, especially with, you know, having like Chris Jones on the inside um, and only uh, like 4.3% of his dropbacks in the second half came in empty. So I think they should continue doing that um, in, in the Super Bowl. And you have that extra guy in. Uh, it gives Burrow just a little more protection there. It still allows him, like, you're still going to have four guys out in a route. That's still plenty, especially when it's, you know, it Chase, Boyd, Higgins, uh, and a tight end. Hopefully, CJ uh, Uzama, because. Um, I think he really changes what they want to do. And I think you kind of saw that in the AFC championship after he went out, like some of what they wanted to do, like in the middle of the field, they just couldn't do it. You can't do that with Drew Sample, right? And, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but so, but if Sample is going to play, like if he's forced to, then I think, you know, he's the guy that, that stays in and blocks because like, that's what he does. Um, so, and I think that that played a part of it a little bit into why they didn't go into empty, but like it, it worked and i think like that's how they gain a little bit of an advantage and you still don't lose that much um going into the route so i think that's they should that's how i think if i'm cincinnati i try to rely on that a little more keep another guy in you know protect hopefully then you can you know double aaron donald you can give that little chip on, on von miller because there's just there's so many ways this this defensive line can beat you and which we know so and i i just don't think living in empty and trying to get the ball out like super quickly like i think that that's a very dangerous formula that that you're going to be trying to to live in um and i think you're just kind of playing with fire uh if you're doing that like the entire game this is the, the the matchup, the Bengals offense versus the Rams defense is the matchup where I keep coming back to being the most, you know, kind of advantageous side for the Rams. I think the, the Bengals defense can at least do some things, uh, you know, in, in, like, I, like I talked about, like what the 49ers have done to the Rams. But this, you look at the, the Bengals versus good defenses like this season, and I do consider the Rams a good defense. And obviously, you know, yeah. DVOA and a number of metrics support that. Uh, they they haven't really been effective against these these good defenses. They haven't faced a lot of good defenses this year. But, you know, you go back to, to Tennessee in the playoffs. I mean, they, they struggled to score touchdowns. The Broncos in the regular season, uh, when they played the 49ers at the end of the year, these teams that are good, uh, you know, metrically against the pass, like they've really struggled to generate points. And I think that that's what they run into here. Uh, I don't think they're able to run the football well, like we talked about. I don't, I just don't know if the passing game supremely matches up, except for, like I said, the wide receivers maybe have a size advantage. Uh, but this is the side of the ball I just keep coming back to. Uh, and, you know, you know, it, it's so, everything's so contingent on, you know, 
keeping Burrow clean and which is going to be a test. And people keep going back to the one sack they only allowed into Chiefs. Like Burrow was under pressure almost half of his dropbacks in the game. Yeah, uh, right. You know, he, he made a couple amazing plays, especially on some uh, scrambles, which we haven't seen for him on third downs. But he was under pressure for forty-one percent of his dropbacks. He just took the one sack. It wasn't like the Bengals like solved this this mystery, right? Of like protecting him. He just didn't take the actual sacks. Um, and, and you look under pressure. He's he has struggled in the in the playoffs. It's not like one of these things when. You know, we talk about him versus the blitz because blitz blitzing doesn't always equate to pressure, right? That's, that's the right. one hang yes. people have. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it frees things up on the back end. It doesn't necessarily mean pressure, but the Rams are going to be able to get pressure without blitzing. And I don't think we'll see them blitz as much as they did, like the, we did it against Brady a couple weeks ago. Uh, especially because they're one, they're going to be confident they can get home with four, and two, they've been confident all year in getting home with without blitzing. I mean, they are eighth in the NFL in pressure rate without blitzing this season. And the Bengals are one of the worst teams in the league in, in terms of defending and allowing pressure, even when teams don't blitz. So uh, this is, this is the one thing I keep coming back to when I just analyze this game is that, that the Rams defense feels like uh, the more advantageous like unit between like the four units you would kind of say. And I don't think a lot of people would get there on the surface because the, the most enticing part of the Bengals is like all these stars are on offense, uh, but they have not really performed a star quality against quality defenses so far this season. Yeah. And then especially like when, just when you go across that the defensive line, like it's, it's just hard, like Von Miller playing out of his mind in the playoffs. You have Aaron Donald who is, Aaron Donald um so that just like right there like that's all you need but then you know Greg Gaines has been playing really well like especially like more of a a run defender but he can still you know push uh, a little bit and just kind of like takes up space right which allows Miller and and Donald to do what they do uh more often um you could have Sebastian Joseph Day coming back who's been huge like he hasn't played since the midseason and he was so good um especially against the run so like if the Bengals are going to do that you know the the first down run thing you have like elite run defenders all across that that line um then you even have like leonard floyd who like like doesn't even need to do much to be effective because so much attention is on you know miller and and donald um so it's just like especially and again if you're gonna be living in these five-man protections like there's just there's so many guys you have to worry about and i think like that's that's really where uh it's going to be hard for for the Bengals to to catch up and so um but I think really like what this comes down to is how how are they going to deploy Jamar Chase and in return, how are the Rams going to deploy Jalen Ramsey? And I think like that count and mouse game, I think kind of really shapes what that side of the ball is going to be. They've used Chase isolated more uh, over the past couple of weeks. And I think like as uh, Stephen Ruiz from The Ringer like pointed out, they've used that more on um against like the the Fangio tree of defenses right so like when you're using them against the Chargers against Denver um they've isolated Chase uh, a little more and that's they've been hit or miss whether it, it worked out a little bit it didn't really work out against the Chargers I think he only had uh, 33 yards as a uh, isolated receiver there um and that was against like Michael uh, Davies who well, is not Jalen Ramsey, right? But also there was the the long uh, go route that probably should have been a touchdown, bounced out of Chase's hands, uh, and was an interception like earlier in that game. But I think how they how they use that, um, and whether um, and whether they like are the Rams are comfortable 
having Ramsey a one-on-one, which I think they should be, but then it's, you know, what are you, what are you doing with the rest of the defense? Um, and are you going to be just using like three by one sets? Does that open up? Um, I think I'm going to write about this before the, the Super Bowl happens, which gives me a, a couple days. Um, but does that open like the middle of the field? Because if you are Cincinnati, you want to be targeting like that short middle of the field area, right? Where you have Troy Reader, uh, Ernest Brown uh, should be back. He uh, came back off IR and played like almost half the snaps against San Francisco in his first game back. And I think the more you have Ernest Brown on the field, the less you have Troy Reader, which I think does help uh, the Rams a little bit. But if you want to uh, target the Rams, it's in that short middle area of the field where those linebackers usually are hanging out. Um, and if you can kind of have Ramsey off on Jamar Chase, and even if like Chase is just um, kind of a decoy to open up some of that middle of the field, because you do have Ramsey out there instead of, you know, playing that slot star position where he's been, you know, just like so good um, uh, throughout the season. But if you can open that up, you have Tyler Boyd now on some like short crossers and you can take advantage of that. I think like it's not so much how the Ramsey chase uh, matchup plays out. It's how Cincinnati can take advantage of some of those other pieces while those two are probably just off to the side. Um, and and whether they can take advantage because one of the things that they do Cincinnati does do when uh, Chase has been isolated is some of the, the back shoulder throws, um, like back shoulder fades. And uh, while isolated, uh, Chase has eleven back shoulder routes, ten targets on those routes, nine receptions for one hundred and seventy seven yards, um, and that's just as an isolated receiver. And I think that's kind of like where you could potentially get Ramsey, right? Is some of those. Um, you know, routes where you're setting him up deep and, and you have those back shoulders and Chase and Burrow have been so good on the back shoulder um, it's so far uh, this season. And Burrow has been really good at that in his career. We talked about it like last year, that was the only deep throw he could make, right? Was throwing the, the back shoulder because he couldn't lead guys. So I think they might like lean on that a, a little bit uh, in this game too. And I think like that's probably where you can take advantage of Ramsey a little bit. But I think so much of it is, is how are you spreading out those other three guys when you are in um, like those those three by one sets with with Chase out to the outside. And I think like this could be a, a big Tyler Boyd game. I think if this is if the Bengals are going to win, I think this might need to be a big Tyler Boyd game, uh, getting some of those like crossers uh, uh, across the middle. It's interesting because we don't have a large sample of Tyler Boyd games, right? Like, right. <laughs> like it just hasn't been his role in the offense this year. He's very much been an ancillary guy kind of this entire season. So we'll see if they dust him off uh, and kind of incorporate him. I mean, I look at a guy like T Higgins, like if I would, if I was the Rams, I would personally use Ramsey on Higgins more and then roll, like roll multiple people to chase. I would do like the old, you know, Belichick, you know, do that kind of angle, uh, especially because if they're going to use Ramsey on chase, I mean, you've got a, a, like Higgins has a mismatch over all those other guys. I mean, he's just so much bigger than all the other corners that the, the Rams have. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Also Ramsey, as good as he's been, like he's not incapable of giving up big plays. We've seen this repeatedly mm-hmm. throughout the postseason as well. And we saw it with Mike Evans um, and, and, and chase is a physical guy. He's not necessarily uh, a, a big receiver, but if you go back even to college, like he's a guy who invites contact, right? Like he plays with yep. contact. He's, he's a physical player. He lets people jam him up. That was part of the, one of the reasons, like some people had a little bit of knocks on him 
coming out was that he would let people get in his body. Can he separate in the NFL? Uh, but he's, he's, he's a guy. That's totally yes. willing. Yeah. He, he's totally willing to let you put your hands on him. Uh, you know, go back and watch that uh, Trayvon Diggs game uh, with him, uh, you know, in college. Uh, but he has not faced a lot of really good corners so far this season. You know, like guys like Denzel Ward and, and Casey Hayward are kind of the top guys. Patrick Sertain gave him some, some, some trouble in the Denver yep. game. Um, so we just don't have a large sample. Like I, that circles back to what we talked about the Bengals in general. They just haven't faced a lot of really good defenses so far this season either. And when they have, they've kind of sputtered out. So that's what I just keep coming back to you. But if I was the Rams, I would personally deploy Ramsey more on Higgins and roll coverage to chase multiple defenders, trying not to give up anything over the top. Because if you do our one-on-one, it only takes a player to, and you know, chase is a guy who has been really, really strong against man coverage the entire season. And like I said, the sample's not really good against good cornerbacks. We don't really have that as a rookie, but I mean, I still would trust the receiver. You know, you only need to win a couple plays. Ramsey can win what five, six reps in a row. It's that one. It's just that one that opens the game up uh, that you can get beat on. So, I mean, that's how I would do it. I don't think that they are going to do that. I think we'll see a mix of everything, right? I think we'll see yep. him play on chase. I think they'll see him play like, cause it's a team that plays a lot of zone coverage too. It's like, they don't really, ISO a corner and say like Ramsey, go get this guy. Even when Mike Evans, a couple weeks ago, he gave up production to Mike Evans. Um, but you still saw a lot of zone and a lot of stuff in that game too. I think that's what we'll see. Uh, I don't think we're going to see them really kind of like break the bank and say, we have to do this at Ramsey because Jamar Chase is this entity because like you kind of into that, they just have a, a lot of good players like on offense, like all the receivers are pretty good. And even like you said, Ty Boyce had big games, but he's a guy that's proven and he's capable uh, of being a, a really good, you know, functional asset of a passing game. So I do think we'll see Ramsey just kind of be a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. And I, I think that that's probably the the best strategy. And I think we like, we will see, um, you know, some of, uh, you know, you probably don't want like Darius Williams on, um, on Jamar Chase, you know, too often, but I think you can see like that with, um, you know, a safety shaded over to that side. And I think there, there is like a little bit there. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, like you said, I think we'll, we'll see it spread out a little bit. I think that the safety play is going to be, you know, I think, real big here too uh, for the Rams because, um, like, <laughs> Eric Weddle has been has like come out of retirement uh, and is now playing like a hundred percent of <laughs> the defensive snaps now. Um, and Nick Scott, who was a, a seventh round pick uh, two years ago, uh, I believe, uh, you know, filling in after Jordan Fuller uh, got hurt and like he's been playing out of his mind. Um, you know, Taylor Rapp. Uh, it should be healthy and playing a little bit. So like those, those safeties, um, how they deploy them, I, I think is, is going to be uh, a pretty big here too, because like you, the, the, for the Rams defense, like that's what you have. You have these, the one really good corner, t- other corners who can like, can play well. Like we have seen them play well. Like Darius Williams has been like up and down a lot uh, this year, but was like really good last year. Um, So we've seen like high level play out of him. You're, you're not really like, hoping for anything out of the linebacker group right so like you're, you're really kind of hoping it's it's ramsey and these safeties are going to be um you know put in position to to make plays and i i, re- I really think they are because like we've just seen the high level play uh from these guys but like we we have throughout the year we've talked about this Bengals offense and how like if you're using all of these assets on jamar chase like <laughs> still have t higgins and t higgins is really good and it's not even like jamar chase like when you like look a little deeper into his numbers it's not like he's not getting like and part of it is because there has been so much attention to him he's not getting like 
true like number one receiver type target share, right? Like he has a 24% target share, I think right now. And T Higgins is at like 22. So it's not even like Jamar Chase is like this, like 33%, you know, target share guy, like cup is, uh, in the offense, like a, you know, a Devontae Adams is like a, a 40% guy, um, in green Bay. So like they are spreading the ball around, which I think does make, um, like that side of the ball, like really fascinating. But I do think just because of how much impact chase can have, um, like from the catching deep, uh, from like run after the catch. I think just that, that balance he has in like being able to win in like every way possible is why we'll, we'll we will see. I think Ramsey over there more than we don't. Um, even though I think do think we'll we'll see it switching around quite a bit. Yeah, I mean the Bengals did a pretty good job with Chase the very close of the season. You know, the first yeah. basically like seventy five percent of the season he was basically a, a deep threat. And now they've kind of turned him into more of a yak guy. You look over his past 13 games, he has a catch of 27 or more yards in just four of those games. Uh, you know, in the, in the playoffs, it's really been, like you said, a lot of over-the-top coverage as the years progressed. Hey, teams are smart, right? They've seen what's happened over the course of the season. Uh, and, they, and the Bengals have started to give him more stuff like near the line of scrimmage than they did early in the season and rely on that physical play, yards after the catch. They're starting to give him handoffs, basically, like get him involved in the run game a little bit too. I think we'll see that, especially because, like I said, I don't think they're going to traditionally run the football. But you kind of hit on something throughout this. It's like this is where the Uzama injury kind of like hurts them because – when you talk about the two injuries, it's, it's ironic that both these tight ends, starting tight ends had MCL injuries in the championship games. There's more confidence in McVay being able to scheme up targets for Kendall Bland, and we saw that in the NFC title game when he had still five mm. catches, than there is from plugging Drew Sample in. Like Zach Taylor can't create stuff for Drew Sample. He couldn't do it last year. He couldn't do it in, in the AFC title game. And you lose a guy like Uzama, like it's – it's just another bullet down in the middle of the field. I know he's going to probably dress and play in this game. I don't that, well, what the extent of that is. We don't know, Right. but uh, you know, yeah, there's just a lot more confidence in the Rams being able to get Kendall Blanton in space. And we've seen that in the playoffs. than then drew sample plugging in. It puts you just down at another bullet. That's like a middle of the field asset. So uh, yeah, that, that's where the Uzama injury kind of really kind of hinders a little bit what the Bengals do. Like I said, I just keep coming back to this matchup, the Bengals offense versus the Rams defense and seeing that as the more one-sided of the, the the matchups. And I don't think a lot of people are getting there just based on the where the strength of the star power is in the Bengals. Yeah, it's tough because I I kind of see both sides as a uh, as ones that give the Rams uh an advantage here. Um which makes it hard for me not to uh lean Rams like pretty heavily here. Um which like, I just, it, I, it's, I just kind of feel like if we're like summing it up and going to be like making a pick, like I think so many things have to break right for the Bengals to win this game. Um, which is just kind of like where I keep coming back to Like you're going to need like a, a, a big, like Jesse Bates interception, like coming, like, it was like in the that first play of the Titans game, um, right? Where like he's just reading an inbreaker. He knows exactly where it's going. Like you're going to need a play like that, and then you need like multiple big plays on on uh, offense, which is going to like have you know Jay, uh, Jamar Chase like beating Jalen Ramsey. Which I just I just think it's a really tough ask. You need that offensive line to to hold up. I just it just feels like so many things have to break right for the Bengals um, in order for um, 
them to like even keep it close, I think. And like this Rams team um, has been built in a way where like not everything has to be perfect, right? That was the entire point of, of bringing in Stafford and we've seen it all season. Like not everything has to be perfect in order for this team to win and be good. Uh, and like, that's just where I, I keep coming back to um, for this game. So I'm uh, quite, quite a bit of a lean uh, toward the Rams in this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if like it ends up not being close. Yeah, I'm not. I I have still struggled getting there because the Bengals have just been such a sound bet in these spots, and they've been so so good against like these good teams. Where the Rams, like all their hiccups, come against good teams. I mean, they were two and five against playoff teams the regular season, and they got even now in the playoffs. Like they're still they leave the door open quite a bit. Uh, I kind of like the Bengals plus the points. I think like if you said if you you want to shop alternative lines, like you 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 sounds like that's where you want to go. Uh, lay more, lay more on that instead of that four and a half. And like I said uh, earlier to open, like teams in the Super Bowl that have been in kind of this spread zone of the Bengals have been very live dogs and they've covered it at, at a high rate. So, I mean, it's tough for me to get away from that. Uh, I, I understand like looking at it on paper, like kind of objectively, you go down the road, this, this, and this, but that's what we've done with the Bengals basically this entire run. And they keep finding a way by hook or crook to get there and cover these games and outright win them. So I kind of do think it'll be kind of closer than, than maybe you, but uh, I do still side with the Rams. I just think it's hard to get away from uh, the, 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 the advantages they have. It's like I said, especially on the, on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive side, uh, it, it's tough in these games. Right? We saw it, right? Like against the Chiefs last year, like if you're, if you're going to get dominated on the offensive line, like a lot of people are saying, it's hard to win those games. It, it's just, it's hard. And uh, the Bengals have overcome yeah. that a, a certain number of times this season, but how many times can you keep overcoming it, that deficiency, uh, especially against a team that has this money, you know, good players on the defensive front like the Rams have. So, yeah, I, I still side with the Rams. I do think that the Bengals are a live dog and they and the four and a half is, could definitely be covered because if you just get some stops in the red zone. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, I'm not going to go against the Rams pick either. All right. So there, here we go. We were, we were talking to, uh... The, before this, how we had to like scramble during the the Matthew Stafford uh, trade last year around this time, uh, and get some uh, analysis and content out around that, and here we are now, Super Bowl week, uh, a year later, yep, and uh, we are picking the the Matthew Stafford uh, team to win the Super Bowl. So, um, see how that go- see how that comes crazy around. how that works, yeah. yeah. And they, they're um, going to be set up the Rams now. We talk about the Bengals being set up. The Rams basically, you know, if the, if the landscape doesn't completely change a lot, I mean, the NFC quarterback situation, I mean, Stafford's only 34 years old. Like it gives them a nice runway here uh, where you still have just basically Aaron Rodgers and depending where Russell Wilson goes. I mean, the, the NFC quarterbacks aren't that loaded compared to the AFC. So, I mean, the Rams are definitely in a good position here for a multi-year run. And obviously they just got here, you know, what, three years ago with Jared Goff. So uh, Rams are in a very good spot. Yeah. And like, I, you know, it's, it's been a lot of like this, the, you know, all in type thing, but like they're, they're set up fine. Like they, they're not in trouble the next the couple of years. And I wrote about it. Well, the one thing um, about the Rams is like, when are they going to have a season where like guys get hurt? Like, right. And I, I think, <laughs> it hasn't because it hasn't like, happened. 
but uh, it, yeah, true but also like at the same time like they have built depth and i've i like i, I wrote about this the, earlier in the week or, or last week i don't know everything is uh blended together um so far but like the where they've hit um in the draft in some of these late round picks like jordan fuller did get hurt and he was the defensive play caller he was a guy who um uh, was playing like a hundred percent of the snaps. And then all of a sudden, like Nick Scott comes in and he's playing out of his mind. So like, even when they do have injuries, uh, which like they have been one of the healthier teams over the past couple of years. And I, I think there is something. Well, it's one to thing that. to have Nick Scott or like Jordan floor come in and, and play good around other star players. But you know, we saw like, but, but, that, but that's kind of what, what they're, but that's what they're, like that's what this team is, right? Like they've been built around you know, identifying these kind of guys who can come in and play around the stars because like they do have the stars. Like that's that's kind of the whole point of it. And they have identified these guys who are playing, who can play really well, right? And like Jordan Fuller was only a six round pick and like he became one of those stars, right? So I just like, like they've they've been really good. And like you have Sebastian Joseph today who was one of the best like run block or run stopping defensive linemen. He goes out and Greg Gaines just comes in and he's now like one of the best run stopping like defensive linemen. So I, I, they do still have depth even when like these injuries do happen, even though the injuries like haven't been too like really big guys like they haven't had a Jalen Ramsey injury and tried to like have to figure out how to do that but like also at the same time like a Jalen Ramsey injury on any other team would would derail them so like I, I don't think that's like a Rams specific thing either. well I mean they I have been they run they extremely hot the depth. Uh, yeah. they've definitely run extremely hot and not getting injured I think they've been top five you know we talked about the Bucks last year and then you saw what happened to the Bucks this year they just haven't run into one of those situations where, like, yeah, the stars have gotten hurt. And Donald did get hurt, and it was last year, right? He in the Packers game, he only played limited snaps. Yeah, and it ended up being a problem. But yeah, they've they've run so hot. In, but in but if that offense healthy. was was good at all, like that would have been a closer game, right? So I think like that's the kind of like where they they fixed it also, um, where I think they just raised the ceiling on the roster in general. Um, but I think we'll we'll talk about the Rams and, and their structure and um, like we we have talked about it you know, quite a bit. Um, but I think that's something we can continue to talk about in the offseason because of how they you know continue to build on this roster. And I think they are in a place where they can continue to build on this thing. Like this this wasn't a twenty twenty two Super Bowl yeah, all or, or nothing or, yeah. or bust, uh, which I think like some well, people I mean, have, they're gonna have, have put it out on the best defensive player yeah, in the you, NFL. You still have all these stars. I think they, they've hit on a lot of draft picks that are. That that are still coming in. Um, and I wrote about it, like the, the success they've had in the second round or later is uh, like one, one of the best in the league. And some of it is like by, um, you know, they've, they haven't needed those guys to play, but like, so has yeah. like a team like the jets also needs a, a team to play and like, they haven't hit on anything. So like, there's, there's a, a bit of, of skill uh, involved there with, with, with a bit of luck, which like it, like that's yeah, bad. we've seen it with we've Seattle and Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Seattle and Minnesota are two recent teams that have really run hot. Uh, and then that stuff dries up, right? That, that was the whole thing. So, like, uh, you know, you're not going to count on getting contributions from six-round picks. Like, you can't count on it. Um, so, I mean, what? Well, yeah, like I said, that's moving into a different conversation. I definitely think some of, of uh, the stuff that's happened to them, uh, especially in, like, approximate value, is, like, almost a necessity of what they built. Like, those guys have to play. You know, so like, right, but like, <laughs> they don't have to be good. Like, there are teams that have these guys who are six round picks who do have to play, and they're terrible. Um, but I think like this is part of the structure of what has made the Rams so good is like they have also like identified 
these guys who can play a specific role. And I think that's what's really helped them. Like you can identify the guy who is going to be good next to Jalen Ramsey. And that puts them in an advantage next to uh, a team that just needs the sixth round guy to be Jalen Ramsey. Right. Like, and you're leaving that guy on an Island and he turns into your number one corner. Like the Rams don't need to do that. But also at the same time, like they have guys like Jordan Fuller, who they identified as, you know, someone who they could fit into the defense. And like he became a great safety uh, this year. And it's a shame he's not going to be able to play in the Super Bowl because he's been like really good. Um, and so it, there's there's just a lot of that going on. So I think they, they have done really well in providing the depth that they've needed. It'll be um, interesting because in order you to know, fill out this roster. It'll be interesting because you think a lot of the guys that have left that organization that they've hit on end up not being good elsewhere. Yeah, and like we've kind of seen <laughs> Corey that. Littleton, think, guys like Corey Littleton, uh, Rodney McLeod's been injured, so maybe it's not fair for him. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the guys that they've built up and have gotten the contracts to get out of there uh, have kind of underperformed. Even John Johnson kind of underperformed in Cleveland this year. So like, it's, yeah, and, and it'll be interesting because like their 2018 draft class is going to be coming up and that's where um a couple of their uh, offensive linemen uh have come from i think uh like uh sebastian joseph day um is in that so like their contracts are going to be coming up and i think like that's been a, a very core group uh for them so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, that goes but this we're going into uh yeah, yeah, yeah. offseason the conversation <laughs> now but it is interesting because like this is how the rams built themselves this is why they are in the super bowl um right now so it is a, a conversation uh to have because they, i i do think they've built this roster in a way like i don't think it's replicable for other teams right because like not only are you well your margin of error is so small yeah Right. The margin of error is small. And I think they have done a good job of, of doing the best to um, limit that also. But like, it, it's a thing where like if when you're trading multiple first round picks, like you have to be getting Matt Stafford, right? Like if this is the Rams and they're using and they're making the, the Carson Wentz trade, like the Rams don't work. Um, right. If their other you know trade for, um, you know, first round picks wasn't for Jalen Ramsey. This doesn't work. So I think they've also done a really good job of identifying like if it was the Jamal Adams trade, right? Like this doesn't work for the Rams. So I think they've they've done really well picking out the guys that they have traded that draft capital for also, um, which I, I think has like helped them. And maybe like it is a little bit of luck there too. Maybe if they didn't trade for Jalen Ramsey, like they would have traded for Jamal Adams and this wouldn't be the same type of, of defensive success that, that we've seen. Um, you know, those, those were a couple of years apart, but like, those are the two big like defensive back trades. Right. So, um, you know, I just, I so many things have gone well. And I think they've, the Rams have done as good of a job as they possibly could have to fill in the roster, like around those stars and gotten guys who can contribute there. And like, that's, that's why on both sides of the ball right now, like they are where they are. Yeah. And like you said, we both agree that it's not going to be, a, this isn't a, just a 2021, 20, 2022 thing. Like they're going to be really good set up. Cause like I said, you, you have a quarterback that's going to be probably top five and his conference, no matter what, and we may even lose a couple quarterbacks. So they're going to be right back, right back in the mix here uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And so uh, the same thing with the Bengals, you know, if they lose, obviously the AFC is a tougher road, but uh, having all those rookie contracts, they're going to be able to get some offensive linemen. We would hope you know, the chiefs rebuilt an offensive line in an off season, you know, we'll see if that's clearly the deficiency for the Bengals. Uh, you talked about, they spent money last year on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of those players worked out. 
And so we're going to have to see them kind of upgrade and beef up that offensive line, but they're set up too. So, I mean, two good teams uh, in the Super Bowl. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Should be, <laughs> should be a fun one. So uh, there, there we go. Um, so if you guys have not listened to uh, Ryan McChrystal's uh, betting podcast, uh, I'm not sure why you uh, haven't done that. Uh, it is on this feed. He ran through a whole bunch of uh, props he likes uh, for this game. Um, if you want props content that, we have all of that on sharpfootballanalysis.com. We have props from basically the every possible uh, angle on this game. That's at the website. Um, yeah, uh, Rich's worksheet uh, is up. Uh, it is the, basically anything you would want uh, about this game uh, is there on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Also, um, I have a couple of different things up. I'll probably have more uh over the next you know couple of days before uh before the game kicks up i'll have a recap on on monday morning so we have uh, anything you could possibly need uh to uh, cover the super bowl uh we got it for you on sharp analysis.com uh, you can find rich on twitter at what reads you can find me on twitter at tampa thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon